Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and today I am delighted to be discussing bringing hope, healing, and help to underserved communities with Henry Foster III, Chief of Staff for the County of San Diego, 4th District Supervisor Monica Montgomery Stepp. Henry, welcome. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Yes, pleasure to have you. And then Romero Davis. Romero is the Director of Practice Excellence with Social Current um, based in um, Washington, D.C. Romero, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to join you today. Yes, and it's a pleasure to have you here. And Troy Bell, educator and city uh, manager of Palaka, Florida. Troy, did I get there it right? Go. I did. You got it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to each of you. Why don't we Thank start? You. It's an honor and a privilege. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. It's always great to have you on the show. And then I think this time last year we had you and Henry um, just um, uh, bringing some voices from our uh, Black leadership in our community and glad to have you return this year with Romero to do the same. So great. And Claude, if you're out there, we're going to pull you in at some point as well. <laughs> I think Claude was with us uh, last year as well. So um, let me have a start with just... Um, sharing a little bit about each of your leadership journey and how your journey has connected to underserved communities. Romero, why don't we start with you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, wow. You know, I think about, you know, that, that, that word um, journey there and it, and leadership, you know, I, I, um, I grew up in it, Dr. White. You know, um, and I, when I say in it, I guess uh, I mean in it in the communities that needed to be served um, the most. And and um, uh, my grandfather was a pastor, and uh, I, I I would get into a little bit of trouble, and 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 he would take me to the church, and there would the church would be empty, and I would pretend that I would be speaking to all the people. Um, at the church who weren't there at the moment. And I say all this to say that like, I've learned over the years um, that service was going to be my leadership style, like service to people, service to the ones that were in need. And as I um, would find myself in positions of leadership that I would continue to bring those voices of you know, of people that I knew the, the the experience of the voices of the folks that were going through the through the through the journey that I would bring those voices along the way, um, and so throughout this time I've had the the uh, the pleasure of working nationally um, with many different voices, many different people, but I've realized that my goal and my uh, my aim is um, how can I be a service to the community to the people that need it the most. So. You know, I guess I call it proximity, right? How close are you to the ones that you mm -hmm. that, that you want to service to? So, you know, I hope that answers. But uh, in a very organic way, that that has been uh, 
the biggest part of my journey is not forgetting where, where, where I uh, came from, but remembering to be an example and to bring mm-hmm. those voices to the table mm-hmm. of everything that I do. Right. So did you say PK or Grand PK? Uh, uh, Preacher's kid or, or you, you said oh, your grand, my grandfather. My, your yeah, grandfather, yeah. I might as well, I might as well have been his kid, Dr. White. I might as well have been as much as I was, you know, uh, there following him all around. Yeah, and, no. Uh, and he didn't call me Romero. He called me Raymond. He, Raymond? I don't know where he's like. I don't know, Grandpa. I don't know where you got that name from. <laughs> I relate to that. It's my grandfather was also a... Um, uh, minister. He was a Baptist preacher as well. So yeah, yeah. out of the South, he was in uh, Texas, yeah. came out of Louisiana, but mm-hmm. so yeah, awesome. my, yeah, yeah, Louisiana, Louisiana was <laughs> roots and uh, Baptist and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey. And um, Henry, what, let's hear about your journey next. Um. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Um, I think I've had a very interesting journey growing up in southeastern San Diego, California. It's a very um, conservative um, place, um, and and grew up in a you know the community is you know growing up was predominantly African American, um, and you call it one of those. Um, as we talk about underserved communities, um, a community that um, just was low in resources and access. Um, but I like to think I grew up with a lot of love, um, a lot of love from the village. I'm thankful for my family. Family has a long history in the community. Um, one of those where, you know, we tend to take it upon ourselves to um, provide certain amenities. Uh, there's a story of my grandfather. Um, the the my father liked to play baseball and uh, my grandfather was a big baseball fan and we didn't have a, a field where the young kids could play and do little league and so forth and my grandfather being in construction had access to equipment and um, went out and built a little league uh, field um, for um, you know his son and other kids in the community to play um, little league baseball so. Um, you know, went on to uh, graduate from high school and um, was faced with that big decision is what I'm going to do and um, landed at Hampton University, which I think was probably one of the best decisions um, that I made. Um, Allowed me to leave our small community of Southeastern San Diego and and, and understand and see that there's a larger world uh, much more opportunity and, and and really credit Hampton University to um, where I say I grew up and, and became the young adult and, and and really started my path. And going to an HBCU, you, you know, you're always taught that, um, you know, when you leave um, the institution, um, no longer are you just representing yourself, um, but really gave you a purpose, right? Helped you to understand yourself. And, um, you know, Floated around a little bit, ended up in New Jersey, Chicago, um, those types of, of places. And, um, you know, ended up married. Um, been married going on close to 24 years now. And, um, you know, my wife um, got pregnant and we decided to move back to San Diego and uh, really set up set up shop. And um, I, I think uh, the rest is history for me. Uh, teamed up with now Supervisor Monica Montgomery Stepp. 
um, where I think we just had a historical election. Um, this is the, I get emotional thinking about it. You know, she's the first African-American woman on the board of supervisors. Yes, fabulous. You know, where mm -hmm. we haven't had representation for over 30 years. Yes, and yes. And so when you talk about that type of leadership, that type of journey, I just really think I'm blessed. Um, and just looking forward to playing, continuing to play my part and okay. to give back to the community I grew up in and hopefully being able to leave it in a better place and, and turn it over to my two kids, right? And, um, and and help them in their journey as they continue to grow as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And shout out to Supervisor Monica Montgomery Stapp. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Henry, you said Southeast San Diego. So uh, you got to tell me the community, which one? Um, I grew up in Valencia Park. Valencia Park, okay. Yep. And I'll have yep. to say shout out to Emerald Hills, where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, we're not too far. We're not too far away. Not too far away. Walking yeah. distance, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a journey, but still can get there on foot. Yes, indeed. Uh, historically Black colleges and universities. Henry referred to HBCUs. So also shout out to historically Black colleges and universities. I am a proud graduate also of a historically Black College and University, Grambling State University. So yeah. um, fabulous, fabulous. Troy, let's bring you on in. Sure. Thank you, Dr. White. So uh, as you know, um, I am the son of uh, a family of four. Um, my father's a retired general officer, served in the Army 36 years. My mom is a uh, um, special education teacher and PhD um, until she passed away in 2004 from cancer. Mm -hmm. But I, mm -hmm. I grew up in a public service family. Um, I have two older sisters and older brother, and they're all in some form of public service. And so I can remember as a kid growing up uh, in the multitude of states that we lived in as my father got transferred here, there, and everywhere. Um, thinking about the communities that we lived in on these bases and how we didn't have to lock the doors and there were no bars on the windows. And I would go into the communities around the military installations and see that uh, life in the communities that looked like me was very different. And I would wonder as a kid, like, why is it that we can't have this quality of life like we have on these military installations in these communities? And I, I distinctly remember questioning that and thinking about that um, as I was growing up. And I think there's a theme here because um, my grandfather was a Baptist minister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, long Baptist minister in Daytona, Florida. I think he served this church for about 75 years. Wow. Um, yes. And uh, he laid hands on me and uh, said that my ministry, you know, the the talents, the skills, the abilities I have would be used in public service. So uh, he referenced the book of Daniel and how you could be a Christian in a secular environment. And so that began my mission um, in my ministry. But I realized throughout my career, whether it was in uh, local government or in the education arena or even the time I served for IBM um, in their state and local government sector, that 
there should have been a way that, that I could t- translate the amount of stuff that I was able to accomplish for predominantly white communities back to communities that look like me. I was making these communities wealthy and solving their most difficult problems and their most difficult issues. They throw me at anything that nobody else could do and I figure out a way to fix it. But why couldn't I do that in communities that were predominantly black and brown? And so my career journey has always been to try to learn everything that I could and then get back to a community where I could use what I understood. You know, even when I was in Beverly Hills, California, as the assistant there, to take that and use it to be able to benefit communities of black and brown people to give them the quality of life that they deserve, those mm-hmm. that we deserve in those communities. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate um, the threads of service. And wow, so many um, connectors. And um, even I heard their uh, kudos to your father with regards to, you said he was retired general. Yes, yeah, one that, of the first yeah. in the few. Wow, yes. I'll just kudos and shout out mm-hmm. to your father. And my father was also in the military. He was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, something that we have in common probably that I don't know that we've ever discovered, but um, our mothers both passed away from cancer. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I didn't know that from you as 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 well, and then uh, as did my yeah. father. And I tell you, that's one of the other um, unfortunate things that are too high in our right. communities with the um, right, you know, cancer. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I want to transition yeah. and um, just have us uh, think about, you know, what are some of the things that are currently happening in our communities, that actually does give us hope um, for positive advancement of our uh, financially challenged and underserved communities. And um, Henry, are you okay with us throwing the ball to start with you on that? What what currently happens that gives you hope? Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, I, I think just what I what I brought up earlier, um, you know, being able to to had to to get elected the first African American mm-hmm. um, woman to serve on the board of supervisors, which mm-hmm. I think was huge. As we talk about yes. the county being the public um, health agency of record for the region, mm-hmm. um, but also I think um, you know it opens up another opportunity, mm-hmm. right? To to backfill her seat, and and, and I like to to say that I am a candidate. I'm currently in a race in an election um, to backfill that seat to where um, I think, you know, leadership does matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in the community that I grew up in, um, looking at the times of the past, times of the present, and, and just times of the future. Um, I, I like to say that the future is bright. I think no matter the challenge or circumstance, um, we continue to have to lean on our faith, on our hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with our resiliency. Um, we just had a very devastating event um, where we had uh, floods and um, we have a lot of displaced families. 
And I think we will see that just what we went through with something like the pandemic, with the COVID pandemic, um, as we were making our way through that, um, I have to have that hope and, and faith um, that we will pull together, um, take care of each other and, and, and work our way through these uh, through the devastation that families are currently feeling. And um, I just like that I'm here. Uh, I think the time is right. Um, to where I can really um, help um, and, 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 you know, what I like to say is sometimes it does take a big heart and a heavy lift um, to get things done. And, and, and so um, I, I think it's just faith, faith and hope and, and um, to, to move the needle and to, to bring the much needed change um, to underserved communities and, and, and specifically my home. Right. And so I think I'm dedicated to that and um, I'm here to see that through. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Henry. Troy, how about for yourself? What currently is happening that gives you hope for positive advancement of, you know, of our financially challenged and underserved communities? Well, I would start by saying um, that I, I feel honored to be in this conversation with uh, Romero and Henry. And I think uh, the work that you're doing with this show is, is is an aspect of advancing us. The fact that we're having these conversations, that we have an opportunity uh, to to have these discussions, because I mean, quite frankly, there was not um, black or minority radio in the past, and this medium was a medium that we weren't able to be able, uh, we weren't permitted to mm -hmm. participate in and to be. Uh, uh, owners of and um, own the platform. Mm -hmm. um, so this, I think this is incredible in and of itself. But mm -hmm. I mean, that said, I see um, the potential of the youth that we have coming on today as a valuable asset that will help us be able to change the, uh, the direction uh, to transform um, financially challenged and underserved communities in a positive way. But in order for us to be able to accomplish that, um, I think that we have to figure out ways to break down the silos. And I've, I've seen, um, and I'll, I'll talk some more about the silos uh, and some of the upcoming um, topic areas, but I've seen that when we can break down silos, that we can um, start out a, a new and, and unique direction for us. And, I mean, as, as horrible as the George Floyd situation was, and I can say as a former police officer, and you know, we've had these conversations in the, the past. What I appreciate is the fact that we know in our communities that these things have been going on for years and years and years. The problem was that we did not garner the credibility that people believed us or were willing to believe us or were forced to believe us when we said, hey, this needs to stop. Now that we can document it, now that we have access to film footage that can say that this is what's happening and it's undeniable, we've known it forever, but now we can document it, that has put us in a position where we can define the problem, address the problem and change, potentially change the problem break down those silos that have prevented us from being able to do that in the past. The uh, path, the pathway from, from um, school to prison is real. 
um, and it is it is hindering and handicapping our community and our ability to access political and economic freedom in order to really achieve what we call the meritocracy of equality. And I think that everything that we can do to um, dismantle that, even if we use the master's tools in order to do it, anything that we can do to dismantle that is gonna help our communities move forward. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Troy. Appreciate that, Emily. Get me all excited when... (laughs) (laughs) No, all good. Romero, how Mm -hmm. about your voice on that? What gives you hope? Oh, first of all, echoing a lot of what Troy and and Henry said. And, you know, when Henry got to that moment of tears, that's the thing that like, that's one of those things like that hits. That's like, you know, it does something to your soul. Like I felt it in my body, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the beauty of, of, of what we see is happening. We have um, um, representation in spaces you know, as what Troy mentioned, you know, in 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 media, in in uh, uh, in our influence in space, um, you know, we see um, uh, these topics that sometimes are very difficult topics, but we weren't talking about um, equity and diversity and inclusion in a way that um, is meaningful right now. Um, in particular, I. Um, share really high hopes for um, our young folks that uh, we're now we're seeing education that is being uh, popular again. And it's, and, 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 you know, value systems are the things that, that create separation. Like that's how relationships change when values change, you know, and now we're seeing that values are now um, these positive values of, of, of investment, of, of, of owning uh, property, of, of, um, of, of all these different things are coming to light. And we're starting to see again that, that true representation. And, and mind you, um, I know we still got a ways to go. I know that we still have challenges. Um, but the other thing that really gives me hope is, you know, it was just Black History Month and I get it. And I know that there's a lot of controversy in how we think about Black History Month. But just to be reminded sometimes about the work that is that has been done before us mm-hmm. um, that have us in this space right now. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that lets lets me know that it's possible, you know, mm-hmm. that it's going to happen. And my grandfather used to tell me, like, young man, it is inevitable. Pretty soon you are going to be in places and spaces where you can make change or influence it. And mm-hmm. and, and even saying that as a test a testimony for myself that I found myself in spaces and places that I never thought that I was going to be, you know, and having a real voice and, and, you know, and having people um, um, hear and, and respect and, and, and be inspired. Um, and so being able to see the young faces, being able to be generational change and generational breaker, um, the, the testimonies, the things that have, um, um, positively influence me other things that continuously give me hope. So I'm excited um, what this conversation is going to look like, Dr. Biden, everybody else in the next, you know, <laughs> 10 plus years. What is it that we're not going to achieve? What is it, you know, what's going to be the next thing? So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so much, so much in what you said, um, each of you with regards to from the representation to the 
being able to look beyond what is to what's possible, seeing the work that's been done before that's brought us here today, that so many of us stand on the shoulders of the giants who served uh, before us and uh, just uh, really loved uh, hearing so much, even the promise of the youth and the access to documentation and what that means with regards to um, credibility and also the um, coming together and breaking down those those um, various silos that Troy mentioned as well. So thank you to each of you. Troy, I want to start with you and just ask you, what would success look like if efforts to advance underserved communities were successful? What might that look like? Uh, that That is a very good question. Uh, I believe that uh, the evidence of success would be, um, like I alluded to before, elevating the quality of life in our communities. Where, uh, and I was taught um, as an up and coming city manager that uh, the evidence of a good community is when the roads are paved and the blacktop is black, the grass is green, and when people flush the toilet, it goes away. Mm -hmm. And we should be able to provide that level, uh, at least that level of service where the fences are straight, the grass is green and cut, the structures are not in need of care or, or, or um, uh, tender loving care. Um, that quality of life where the services are on time and that we have the resources to pay to be able to provide parks, places for people to live, work and play. And so, and, so many of our communities, we are merely surviving. And like I write about in the work for, towards my dissertation, we have to figure out a way to go from merely surviving to being communities that are thriving. And that is the, I think sometimes the threat to the surrounding areas or the surrounding world is, what are we gonna do when these communities begin to thrive? Does that mean that there's less of the pie or less of the, the uh, there are less slices for us to eat from? No. I mean, when we, when we are all thriving, then a rising tide raises all ships. And I think we can get past that fear if we are able to embrace success in our communities. And the last thing I would say is, and I could talk about this all day, but the last thing I would say is unity among our leadership. I mean, the old adage that we, heard so often was um, black people can never run things because they run them into the ground. And so uh, a, a leadership that seeks unity, um, when you can wrestle control to the point where you have uh, the majority um, and you can let go of the ego in favor of um, the unified success of the community, um, then you can be successful. Um, President Obama once said that the thing that he hoped for the most is that when uh, we were able to wrestle control, we didn't enter into a circular firing squad where we mm -hmm. fight amongst ourselves and all we accomplish is shooting each other and not moving forward. So I believe success is embracing that unity, breaking down the silos that uh, that we have been trained and taught to to live in. You know, as a people, we are communal. 
in nature. We come from communal backgrounds, but we have been trained and taught and almost beaten out of us the ability to be uh, communal. Instead, we're individualists and living in an individualist society and in conflict with ourselves. So if we can figure out a way to get back to one success is all success in unity, I think we are successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Troy. I really appreciate that. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I'll really look to hear um, from you, Henry and Romero, with regards to what would success look like um, if efforts to advance our undeserved communities, our underserved communities, um, were successful. And uh, just your thoughts on what needs to happen to help bring that positive change to fruition. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Today, discussing bringing hope, healing, and help to underserved communities with Henry Foster, Romero Davis, and Troy Bell. And I am going to just toss it um, over to you, Romero, to have you just share with us what would success look like if efforts to advance underserved communities were successful? What do you see? What's the vision there? Well, I'll tell you one thing. A lot of nonprofits would be out of jobs, wouldn't they? (laughs) <laughs> hey, we wouldn't need them anymore. You know, you know that. You know, that's a 
That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but no, I you know, um you know, Dr. White, I think one of the biggest things that we would see is is a um reconnection and a um this kind of revitalize the family in 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 our communities. I think family and the things that support family staying together. Uh, and and even as uh, Troy mentioned, you know this this thriving um, and 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 the peace around what makes families thrive or the things that drive communities. Um, so we would see um, housing being affordable. Um, we would see less surveillance from agencies on families, um, especially in marginalized communities, um, and the damage that has caused. We would see. Um, um, less over policing in 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 areas. Um, we would see um, better maternal rates uh, um, for 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 our women in in our marginalized communities. Um, we would see promotion of health and have access to health, uh, good health options in all communities. We would also see like communities not have grass growing all over the place and you know we like it's the little things we it's the little right. things that that we see these thriving things in right we we would see education be equal anywhere you live at any 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 zip code where you're at um we would we would also see we would we wouldn't see zip codes uh determining lifespan um i lived in a zip code in particular where you know i was in a four-year uh uh early death sentence because of the zip code that I lived in. So we, we wouldn't see those types of things. Um, we would see um, promotion for media of true representation of fathers and what fatherhood actually is and the impact of fatherhood and actually, actually the real presence of fathers and those stories would be t told in a positive way. Um, we would see, you know, uh, less uh, pipeline to prison um, in our communities. Um, and we would see uh, gangs and gang affiliation is not being the tool for belonging in our mm -hmm. communities. We would see that not being the vice for true belonging and, and feeling in our communities because we would be able to be there and service our communities as family. Um, and I think we would also see this um, um, a spiritual essence um, and, and, and recognizing those things. And, and then we would also see true representation of our history and our deeds in all states and all places um, and, and it wouldn't be a threat. It wouldn't mm -hmm. be a threat. So mm -hmm. I can go on and on, but um, mm -hmm. I know that it's a lot, uh, mm -hmm. but I think we can get there. Mm -hmm. I think we're on our way. We're on our way. Yeah. I love the vision. I love the vision. And um, and I say in that vision, we still would have nonprofits. It would just I be. Know. A, I know. Let me tell you what. I know. I know. I know. Because nonprofits serve for the benefit of society. Yeah. So what we would have would be a space, as Troy talked about, we would have in these communities places where, you know, you have wonderful um, living and working and playing in those communities. And the community and the work that the nonprofits would be would not be so much helping people survive, but supporting mm -hmm. them and thriving. Yeah. So we would be more proactive. And um, so still there. Being the fabulous um, agents for the community, yep. providing good, and also being the positive economic engine that our yeah. nonprofits are in the communities as well, uh, but supporting, thriving versus merely surviving. So Absolutely. love it, love it, love it. Henry, let's get you in. What are your thoughts? 
Well, I think for me, and this is something I look at every day um, as I do what I do, um, being chief of staff, um, and, and just, you know, very simple, just a a prosperous, thriving, um, well, uh, well-balanced and sustainable community um, for me um, covers it. I think um, both Troy and Romero um, covered a lot. Um, I would agree with um, all of um, their points, um, but also what's really important to me as you look at those points is um, ensuring that, um, and, and I'm going to say my community, folks are treated with dignity and respect. Um, you know, you find in underserved communities, um, when you really get to the core issues, it's a very um, minor group that I would say um, that, that, that really um, creates certain dynamics. And unfortunately, I think the broad, the, 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 you know, the, the community as a whole gets in and gets painted with this broad brush. Um, and I think that's really unfortunate because what you find in, in our underserved communities, it really is um, a majority of working families and, and hardworking families. And, um, and, and so for me, I think it's a sense of pride. Um, of course, um, you, you know, we all want those amenities, right? I, I live in a place where um, currently, you know, we don't have, you know, what I can say, a, a sit-down restaurant, right? We, we got a sizzler, right? We got a sizzler, but, you know, is that, is that the best we can do? I, I think not, um, you know, and, um, and so um, I think it's just that, a well-thriving community. Um, and again, uh, I'm really big, and I say this every day, that I want every young person, every working family to have the same opportunity that I have had. Um, and, you know, I currently have my son's 19 years old, about to be 20. Um, he's a sophomore at Hampton University, right? He's, he's, uh, he, he's taking that journey into Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, right? Oh so, you know, Look those are those. Mm-hmm. those Following are those. daddy's footsteps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. Absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got Omega on here too. So have, that's all right. We got the Pan represented. Delta, Omega, and Kappa. Romero, are you? Divine Kappa? Nine. Divine Nine? Divine <laughs> Nine. There you go. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I think those are all important, important aspects, right? You, you know, to this day, it's we're in, what, 2024, and uh, we don't have an urgent care in our community. Right. So so all of these deficiencies, all the disinvestment, it, it, it's a real thing. And um, I, I think um, with the time we're in, we're in a critical time. Um, and, and, and so I just think there needs to be a lot of love, um, a lot of patience because we got a long way to go. Um, you, you know, I think the road has showed us it's not an easy road. Um, and, and so we just got to keep looking forward and um, keep making things happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to toss it over to you. Thank you, Henry, and ask, um, you know, what needs to happen to bring about positive change? Um, I think this, what we're doing here today is a part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able to share perspectives, Mm -hmm. um, experiences, 
um, from from different angles, from different locations, from you know different uh, ways of life, even and, and you having this platform, I, I think that you know this is this is one thing that definitely needs to continue to happen. Um, I think um, continuing to push, um, not for the norm, but you, you know what we're pushing for now becomes the expectations for communities. Um, um, I, I also think co-creation and uh, with community and being able to shift powers back to community, um, being a focus, especially if we're in places and spaces where we have some of that influence to be able to really help center community and community voice um, into the work that we all continue to do. Um, and, and I think something that I can't remember was Henry or Troy who said this, but to also um, break down the silos. There's a lot of great work that's happening across the country. And how can we really, um, as, as, as again, how you're using this platform, bring together um, positive voices, voices that again are doing, works, doing work differently, um, but um, um, are, um, um, have actionable items, have things that they can share, have resources that we can share, but also when the times get tough, when it gets just a little bit hard to be able to have people to fall back on and say, hey man, today, I need you today. Like mm -hmm. having that network to say it was a little tough one today, uh, you know, and being able to have those voices to bounce those things on and bounce those things off and and to uh, deal with it sometimes because the work can get, uh, it can get pretty tough. I, I know y'all know it. So um, that would be a start, I think. Yeah, no, great. Appreciate that, Romero. So we're going to take another break, but when we come back, going to ask uh, Troy and Henry for you to share too. You know, we, we talked about the vision, which I think vision is real important because I think people are stuck when they can't look beyond what is. So I appreciate each of you sharing the vision. And then Henry and Troy like to get your thoughts on, you know, what needs to happen to bring about that positive change and then any other final thoughts. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. 
Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters, discussing bringing hope, healing, and help to underserved communities. Have really appreciated hearing what is happening that we want to acknowledge and build upon and continue to make progress, what the vision would look like for our underserved communities to really be served and be thriving. And uh, Romero, you shared um, some great thoughts with regards to how do we nudge that needle forward. And Henry and Troy, we're going to ask you to um, jump in here also and just share um, your thoughts. Let's see, starting with Henry with regards to what else could happen to help bring this positive change to our communities? Well, and that's a that, that's a long answer to that question, and, and many <laughs> avenues to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, one thing that's really important is we need to invest in what I think is our most critical asset, and that's our people. Um, I, I think first and foremost, um, if we can invest in our people, uh, then I think you will see um, folks thrive. Um, Also, I think, you know, a lot of times we always talk about the, you always hear the word opportunity, Um, but I think we need to make sure we um, follow that with inclusion. Um, It's not just saying, hey, I want you to be aware of this opportunity, um, but really want you at the table to um, be able to um, take advantage and, and actually be included. Um, I think that's important. Um, and, and also I think, um, I think it's really important that our communities, especially underserved communities, engage and engage with local government. Um, you know, we have, we're in a, we're in an election cycle. Um, you know, everything here in San Diego um, our numbers are down as far as turnout. And um, I think um, based on what it took for us to have the ability to vote, um, I think we need to truly understand the importance of that vote. It's probably one of the most critical things that we can do um, as we go to choose our leaders, those that we feel have our best interest at heart and um We'll do what's right. Um, I always say we can have any policy there is, but if we don't have the hearts and minds in line with those policies, it's very, very difficult to make true progress. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, just increasing that engagement, right? I know we get disenfranchised. I know sometimes we'll feel as if we're not heard, not important, Um, but my words of encouragement would be, don't accept that. Right. Um, and, and understand that you are a value. Uh, what you feel does matter, that you matter. Um, and um, let your voice be heard and um, always be prepared to um, to stand, to stand, uh, to stand tall when times get tough. And so 
Um, you know my thoughts around that. So great, thank you so much, Henry. Appreciate that, Troy. How about for yourself? So I would say that um, uh, when I was in college, what really changed the direction of my uh, trajectory was, uh, you know, I was an engineering student and um, was blessed to be able to go into my first real job as an engineer. But I, because of my circumstances, I had to take an economics class and um, ultimately got a degree in economics. But I sat in the class on the uh, the uh, dynamics of poverty. And in that class, uh, the professor said, you know, even though people of color are getting more uh, degrees and better access to college than ever before, which means that our incomes as a, as a, as a population are increasing uh, exponentially, the problem is that we are not creating wealth. And the single most defining difference between the um, mainstream communities and communities of color in developing wealth is the ownership of property. Because of, when you own property, you can convey that property from generation to generation. And we fail to be able to create intergenerational wealth. So on a strategic basis, I believe that we need to begin to understand the value and importance of owning property and being able to leverage our uh, our ability to finance and take advantage of the country's largest quote unquote welfare program, which is the um, deduction that you get for financing the purchase of property. That's even more than the welfare program. Then the government um, pays out more money or or does not receive revenue from money because of tax credits over the ownership of property. And we need to strategically be able to understand the importance of that and pursue that. But on a structural level, um, I believe that we have to begin to recognize and understand um, that we are all oppressed. People of color, mainstream, we're all oppressed on one level unless you're the have versus the have not. On some level, some way, we are oppressed. And that means that, you know, we can understand when we start to have conversations with people outside of our community, you know, I can relate to you because even though you might not have experienced what I experienced, I know, and you should know, that what you have experienced is something less than being at the top of the pyramid. And so that allows people not to be on the defensive and we can begin to have a conversation and understand the reality of the fact that as people of color, we're we have historically been at the bottom of the pyramid and have suffered as a result of that. Um, but I can also recognize that even though you are not at the bottom of the pyramid, you're somewhere in between, but you're not at the top. So I can relate to the fact that you are experiencing something. And I think once we do that, we can begin to translate people from being allies to being advocates. And then once we, uh, 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 we have people that uh, are advocates, we can begin to look at some of the structural obstacles to the ownership of property, such as credit repair, down payment assistance, and those types of things for real-time home buyers, be able to change people from being renters to being owners. Nobody wants to be the drone in an ant colony. And as long as we're renters, that's what we are. We're paying somebody else's mortgage and putting money into somebody else's pocket. But if we can translate people from being renters to owners, we can, um, 
change the way that their life and the trajectory of their lives is for many generations. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. To each of you, I say, hey, man, <laughs> <laughs> lots of wonderful things that I uh, certainly um, agree with. And, and really, uh, it's very powerful to hear you uh, give voice uh, to these uh, wonderful thoughts for actions that can be taken to really help bring about positive change in our communities. How about a quick 30 second final thought from each of you? Um, Troy, why don't we start with you? Final thought? Sure, just quickly, you know, uh, what Romero is saying and what Henry is saying, I mean, all very profound um, commentary on where we are and where we need to go. And I, I just find it a privilege and an honor to be considered in this group to be able to have this conversation. I suggest that we have more of these conversations going forward and more opportunities to have a dialogue so I can see what he's doing and what they're doing and and share what I'm doing and be able to, even though we might be across the country from one coast to another, to be able to share and connect and work together to support each other. And I yes. think that's a model that we need to carry to our community. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Troy. How about um, Romero yourself? Final thought? Oh, I would just echo what Troy said, and I am just, uh, it's always an honor to uh, to be in space with such inspiring um, men, and and also you, Dr. White, who um, helped, you know, connect this, and I think, um, as Troy mentioned, just the power to connect, to follow up, and to say, hey, if there's ever any time that you're out in my neck of the woods, I, I got your back, it would love, I'd love mm -hmm. to sit down and talk about how my New Orleans Saints are going to win the Super Bowl and all that good stuff. So, you know, other than that, you know, you know, no, but uh, just the power to connect. And, and I really appreciate it. So thank you, Dr. White, for mm -hmm. help putting this together. Yes. No, my pleasure. Thank you. And Henry, final thought. Um, yes, absolutely. Just um, it is always a pleasure, um, Dr. White, to be in your company and to have these conversations and um, Troy Romero, um, you know, last time, Troy, we had some very good discussions, um, yet another one here today. Um, and I think these are needed and necessary. Um, so so anytime you want to do this, Dr. White, you call me, I'm here. I'm willing to help in any way I can, um, because these are much needed conversations. And um, even times they may get uncomfortable, but that's all for the greater good. So thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me to be here. Yes, thank you all for being here. And I always like to say people learn and grow from interaction with each other. So it's an honor and a pleasure. So Troy, Henry, Romero, thank you so much for being with us. And we want to thank our listening audience for joining us. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or download podcasts at your convenience on demand. So until next time, keep on keeping on, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.